Hey friends, welcome to But What If You Did? On this pod, we are all about some serious millennial real talk and diving into those uncomfortable topics we've been conditioned to believe we just shouldn't talk about. I'm your host, Allison, and right now, when I look around, I see so many millennials trying to navigate these big life transitions. And well, if that isn't you, maybe you just have this gut feeling that it's time to pivot, but you're standing in your own way because you just don't know where to start. Maybe this isn't what you want to hear, but successfully navigating any big life change starts with putting in the work to learn about yourself. If you want to level up in life, it starts with learning to be self-aware and building those life skills that we simply weren't taught in the classroom. So are you committed to doing the uncomfortable growth work? Well, if that was a hell yes, then grab some coffee and let's get ready to dive right in. Hey friends, welcome back to But What If You Did The Podcast. You might have noticed by now, this is not Allison. You would be correct. This is actually Sam from a couple episodes ago when uh, we talked about emotional exhaustion. And I decided to invite myself back this week to host a whole podcast on my own to give Allison a little bit of a break. Before we go forward, uh, a couple things. I just wanted to point out that this is actually my first ever podcast I've ever recorded. And because this community and this podcast is all about Growing through the hard things and taking imperfect action. This is me taking imperfect action and kind of winging it. So um, I might talk in circles. You might hear the cat meowing. Um, I might pause a little bit longer than I think is necessary to collect my thoughts, but it's okay. It's imperfect. We're still going to talk about some really important and cool topics today, and it's going to be great. So today, I wanted to shift gears a little bit and blend the topics of last month and this month and actually discuss, but what if you need some extra help growing, which distills down to, we're going to talk about mental health today. So first, it's probably important for me to share with you why I'm here today and why this is important to me. A little bit about my background, I've struggled with mental health related issues my entire life. I had anxiety when I was a child that manifested in strange ways that my family didn't really deal with. Um, in a clinical way, and then moving into some behavioral issues as an adolescent and some actual, like, fully manifested mental health issues when I was in high school and college. I was eventually diagnosed with bipolar disorder, um, and I had this phenomenal team of therapists, psychiatrists, and psychiatric nurses that worked with me throughout all of those years to deal with that, Um, but I have been heavily involved in this mental health community, and I have a lot of experience dealing with this personally. That said, Uh, Everything I'm talking about today is from personal experience. I am by no means a professional. I'm not a life coach. um, And I'm going to try to gear this conversation towards how my experiences helped me grow um, and less about telling you how to live your life because everyone's situation is different and everyone approaches this topic very differently. So by no means am I trying to tell anybody how they should go about doing something, but I'm just going to try through this whole process to focus on my experiences. And maybe someone can pick little bits and pieces out of those experiences and apply them to your own life. On the list of things to talk about today, I have differentiating growing pain versus emotional damage or emotional trauma and how sometimes honoring the challenge of growing through the hard stuff is rewarding. However, As you're going through that journey, it's sometimes absolutely essential to monitor behaviors and your struggles along the way. So we're going to talk about healthy behaviors, sustainable habits, expectation management, and appropriate reactions. So if you're ready, friends, let's jump right in. 
especially in this past year, most of us were faced with incomprehensible challenges, whether they be with the pandemic or having to move or dealing with relationship problems. The past year with the pandemic and everything has just been pretty challenging for just about everybody who has a job or has an apartment or had to go on unemployment. And while we're in those moments of stress or struggle, we don't necessarily recognize if we're going through something traumatic or if we're going through something that might be a little bit hard. And it does take a fair amount of emotional maturity to understand if you're truly suffering through a trauma or if you're just having a hard time. And I joke all the time with Allison or with other people that the personal development podcast community and the journaling community is just this collective informal version of cognitive behavioral therapy. And while it is, I kind of wanted to touch on cognitive behavioral therapy as a technique to help you work through stuff. And that's something you would work with a therapist on. Uh, But the problem is that as millennials, talking about mental health wasn't really normalized until after our pivotal developmental years. So for most of us, that was after we've reached adolescence or we've been a teenager. We went through high school already and we weren't as educated in our mental health because it was a little bit taboo to talk about at the time. So we didn't have those moments where we felt comfortable going to our peers or to our teachers or our family and friends to discuss some of the struggles we were having. And we didn't get that guidance of, you know, maybe you should see a professional or going through the process of getting a life coach or developing a closer relationship with a mentor or a teacher or a parent because it just felt weird to talk about. People didn't talk about mental health as often when we were in those formative years, or at least in my experience, they didn't. It felt very scary and off-putting to discuss the issues that I was having. So in summary, it's definitely justifiable for this to be a little bit difficult for us to talk about now as adults. All that said, today I'm going to talk about them. So through all of my experiences, like I said, I have been in psychiatric care for most of my life. And I've also seen a therapist. I've been on medication, but I've been through a lot of therapy. And like I said, cognitive behavioral therapy being the main one. There are a couple things that I learned through my, what I call emotional education throughout the years that I apply to my daily life. In addition to stuff that we talk about on this podcast. And those are very specifically, are my behaviors healthy? Are my habits sustainable? Are my expectations manageable? And are my reactions appropriate? By this point, you might be thinking, wow, I've heard Allison say all of those things before on this podcast. You are probably right. I haven't gone through and tallied all of them, but she most likely has mentioned them. But I kind of wanted to go through them and evaluate them from my own personal experiences and from more of a mental health-oriented perspective. This is going to be the part of the show where I share more of my personal experiences because, like I said, I'm not a life coach and I don't want to tell anyone how to live their life. So that said, when I think of identifying my unhealthy behaviors, I think of something like my schedule or my fitness goal. I do like schedules and I love working out. And when I have a goal, I want to, let's say, work out every day or five days a week in the morning before work. And a healthy goal for me would be I wake up, I drink my pre-workout or my coffee, I do my workout, and I go about my day. That would be what one would say is a, a healthy habit where you wake up and you have a routine and you do what you said your routine would be and you stick to it even though it's a little bit hard. Uh, sometimes I find myself slipping into an unhealthy obsession with that routine 
And that's when I know I need to take a step back and evaluate whether or not my behavior is actually serving me. So if I have this workout routine and I wake up a little bit late, sometimes you wake up late. I think for me, the healthy response would be to do a modified workout or do a shorter workout or Sometimes it's just okay because you woke up late and you need to go to work and you don't do your workout that day or you fit it in later and it's okay to fit your workout in later. It's also okay to skip it. But sometimes for me, when I get into that obsessive state, I spiral on the fact that I woke up late and then all of a sudden I don't have time for my 30 minute workout and I'm upset and I'm slamming drawers and I'm running around and I'm anxious all day because I did not do my workout and I let that take over my whole day. And I think for me, that is something that I would flag as unhealthy. And that's typically when I would write that down in my journal or write it down in my notepad to talk to my therapist about whenever we have our next appointment of what caused that obsessive behavior. Why was I so attached to that? And we talk through those types of things. So when I think of identifying unhealthy behaviors, I think of am I adapting or am I being obsessive over something that may or may not have been fully attainable? Which leads us into, are your habits sustainable? I'm going to keep on going with this fitness thing. So when I made this fitness goal, I was working a different job. And I had a completely separate set of goals and separate set of times that I was doing things. Uh, my expectations for how my day went were completely different. And I think I made the mistake of not adjusting my workout routine according to my new job that I got recently or restarted recently. So I tried to fit it in. I tried to not change my workout routine, even though my life drastically changed. And I realized that the gap between my goal and my current position were not reasonable. And I'm setting myself up for failure. But because I had set myself up for failure, I perceived that in my negative self-talk as... I am the failure. And that's not true. I just didn't adapt my habit. So these are all types of things. Again, I would go to my journal and I would write them down and I would say, I should talk to my therapist about this next time I talk to my therapist. And we work through them and we go through the emotional education of how to deal with that the next time. And you build steps and you build tools and you move on. Both behaviors and habits are all centered around expectations. So the next topic is expectation management. We talk all the time about expectation hangover and getting really geared up for something and wanting it to happen and being so disappointed when it doesn't happen and we don't live in the moment. And another thing that cognitive behavioral therapy teaches heavily is the concept of mindfulness, which we also talk about on this podcast a lot. So you can see how all of these things connect. Realistically, sustainable habits and manageable expectations are the same thing, but we tend to get caught up in our expectations. So I have expected myself to stick to this fitness journey and I feel absolutely worthless if I don't do my workout sometimes and I have to get myself out of that hole, get myself out of that spiral to make sure that I don't go down a path where I'm obsessing over the fact that I didn't do my workout or I try to fit it in or I overtrain or I don't eat enough or something like that. Granted, this is at this point, an overused analogy, and these aren't things that I go through every day, but they are things I have gone through in the past. Being able to set appropriate goals that are justifiably far enough from your current position where they 
can be reached, but not so far away that they're unattainable or you're going to stretch yourself out getting there or you have to sacrifice something else that's important to you is essential to making sure that you're staying in a healthy spot and your mental state is clear and you're setting yourself up for ultimate success, whether it be in your personal life, your work life, and your relationship, all of these things tie together. The last point I wanted to talk on was evaluating whether or not my reactions are appropriate. And I remember listening to a podcast not too long ago about how the definition of being triggered is when your reaction is greater than the event that caused the reaction, which is super interesting to me. And I had never thought about it that way uh, until I started doing my comparisons to cognitive behavioral therapy. And that is when I realized that we call that in the the therapy sessions, catastrophizing something. So instead of, oh crap, I didn't do my workout today. I'm going to do a 10 minute workout just to get my body moving. I'm going to eat a healthy breakfast and I'm going to go on my day. Uh, An example of catastrophizing would be totally freaking out, not eating breakfast because I didn't work out. I can't, I can't possibly eat breakfast because I didn't do my workout. My day is going to be all screwed up. I'm going to have to do extra walks at work and make sure I'm extra active. And I'm going to have to do a double workout tomorrow. And now I feel super useless. I'm not going to reach my goals. This is a huge setback. So you could already see I'm going down this spiral. So in that situation, I was triggered. My reaction to not having time to work out or skipping my workout was much larger than the reality of it's okay to miss a workout. And I, again, go to my journal, write it down, talk to my therapist. So instead of catastrophizing the situation and making it seem like it's a much bigger deal than it actually is, I have trained myself through practice and through therapy to work through feeling like the world has ended because I skipped a workout. The last thing I wanted to talk about with respect to appropriate reactions is how much I complain uh, over a given day or over a particular situation. And I think about the power I feel whenever I'm complaining about something. So think about if you have a bad customer service experience and you call your mom and you complain to your mom about how bad that customer service experience was, you feel empowered. You feel like you are in control of that situation. However, you're not taking action to fix it. And the normal person will complain to five, six, 10 different friends about the same thing, reliving that stress over and over and over again. And you relive the stress, you're reliving that little bit of control you felt by complaining about that thing instead of, I don't know, going back to the store and returning the thing you didn't like or addressing the bad customer service or simply letting it go. And when you think about how this can manifest into your personal life. Say you're going through something really hard and you go to your friends and you go to your family and you complain about the same things over and over again. Your family is absolutely, and your friends and your your spouses or whomever you're close to are absolutely there to support you. Like my support system is 100% there for me all the time, every time I want to talk. However, I have to be mindful of, am I just complaining or am I talking to feel like I'm in control of the situation or am I actually taking control of the situation? And this is really important. Let's say I'm struggling with feeling depressed. I'm trying to not pick a very personalized experience, but 
you know, be vague enough to understand. So let's say I'm depressed about something and I'm feeling very worthless and I can't really get out of that hole. And I go to a close friend who I'm comfortable talking about it with and just over and over again, just talk about how depressed I am and how worthless I am and just talk about it all the time. So I feel like I'm getting control of it, but am I doing anything to mitigate that situation? Am I evaluating my emotions, identifying those negative feelings and thoughts and actively through the principles of deliberate practice, trying to change them. And that I think is where my points from the beginning of the episode tie in is sometimes we need a little bit of assistance to identify those. It takes practice, especially if you didn't go through a ton of therapy in your adolescent years, you might not really have all the tools available to you. I like to think of a therapist as like an emotional educator. They help you work through the hard stuff in a way that like your mom or your best friend might not be able to. You can absolutely lean on them for support as you're working through it on your own. But sometimes you're in a situation where you're not always going to have somebody there to be able to calm you down or talk you through something. And then you don't have anyone to complain about whatever you're going through. And then you don't have that sense of control and you don't have any other methods to control how you're feeling. And then you have an overreaction or you spiral down further. And these are all things that I've experienced that I, I think I've benefited greatly from, from seeing a therapist and talking openly about my mental health. I'm hoping that by talking about this is empowering some of you who are listening to kind of evaluate where you're at. And if this isn't for you and you don't have any of these issues, that's awesome. Share this with somebody who you think might or or not. That could be weird too. Again, mental health is taboo. But I'm hoping to empower you to identify whether or not maybe you need a little bit of assistance growing and it's going to be scary. And it's honestly, it's going to be okay. Uh, not going to lie. I didn't plan on oversharing this much when I started this podcast, but I think I did it scared and I shared something that's important to me. And in the end, I know it's going to be okay. So like coming full circle, you have to grow through the hard part of coming to terms that you can't always grow through the hard stuff on your own. And in the show notes that I'm going to send Allison to put in the show notes uh, are some resources that I've used, some good books that I've read that have helped me. Um, and, and hopefully some of them resonate with you. So I realized after the fact that this wasn't as cohesive a thought process as I thought it was going to be, but Growth is messy. This is the first time I've done this. However, the the thing I wanted to close with that is super relevant to this whole conversation is the the positive self-talk and how your words matter, which Allison talked about in the last episode, is something from a book that has stuck with me called um, The 12 Rules for Life by Jordan B. Peterson. And one of the rules in that book is treat yourself like someone for whom you were responsible for caring, which just means... If you have someone important to you, treat yourself like you would treat them. Talk to yourself like you would talk to them. Make sure that you are caring for yourself because you matter. And if that means you need a little bit of extra help, cool. If it doesn't, that's also okay. Do what works best for you and make sure that you are giving yourself the tools you need to set yourself up for success. So with that, friends, I think I'm going to wrap this up. Thanks for listening to me ramble on about all of my personal journeys today. And I'm sure we'll talk soon. Until then, see you later. Okay, friends, I hope you enjoyed today's episode, but I want to take a moment to celebrate the fact that you showed up and put in the work, even if it felt hard. 
growth doesn't always feel good, but it sure does mean you're leveling up in life. For show notes, blog posts, downloadable resources, and more, head on over to butwhatifyoudidpod.com and be sure to join our But What If You Did community insiders so that you never miss an update. Just scroll to the bottom of the screen and sign up for free. And if you vibed with this episode, I would love for you to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts telling us what vibed with you. This is the best way to help the podcast grow, and I just love hearing how the pod is resonating with you. Simply take a screenshot of your review and send it to hello at alisonpalank.com. That's hello at A-L-Y-S-O-N-P-A-L-L-A-N-C-K dot com. And I'll send you my exclusive Life Lessons Roadmap for Surviving 2021 Workbook as a thank you. See you soon.